We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Guys, training camp is just about here. Can I believe it? It's so, so close. Wanted to welcome you guys to this training camp preview with my friend, Mr. Kevin Bowen himself from 107.5 The Fan. Kevin, man, it's time. How are you feeling? It's time. I, I'm an excited individual. You know, it's one of my favorite uh, kind of weeks of the year, to be honest with you. We've talked about a lot of the stuff that we're talking about today, you know, for the past six or seven months, and you finally get answers, fans back at Grand Park, uh, you know, us, the media back at Grand Park, obviously the Colts back there. Uh, I love it. So, um, you know, the draft, you know, other days are, are awesome throughout the year, but uh, this one of my favorites just to feel that anticipation and um, you know, start to see some storylines build. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. It's the culmination of all these questions that we've had this entire offseason. It's time now to get some answers, which is super exciting. And obviously, we're going to preview that, kind of talk about our different look at different things here and kind of get your perspective. I know, Kevin, you were with Chris Ballard in this pre-training camp presser the other day. So there's a lot of nuggets of information I'm sure that you can provide out of that. So I thought we could start here, Kevin, by just working our way through some of these position battles that we're going to look at in camp. The first one being backup quarterback. Now, obviously, the Colts drafted Jacob Beeson in 2020 in the fourth round. And in the 2021 draft, they drafted another quarterback out of Texas, Sam Ellinger. Now, a lot of people have said this is potentially a competition here. What are your thoughts on these two guys? Who do you think kind of has a leg up? And what are you looking for from that person who you think has a leg up to potentially just win this spot for the backup to Carson Wentz? You know, maybe I'm giving way too much credit to Jacob Eason, but I don't see much of a competition. Um, honestly, I think if Jacob Eason bombs in the preseason, the Colts will go outside their building for the backup. Now, the one big advantage Sam Ellinger has is, frankly, he's played a ton more football than Jacob Eason over the last four years. Um, so that's a big advantage for Ellinger. But I think training camp and 
red jersey settings, those are kind of made for Jacob Eason, made for throwers of the football. You know, Sam Ellinger is more of an elusive guy, makes plays off script, things like that. So maybe the preseason games kind of he'll shine a little bit more, a la Chad Kelly, like we saw in the preseason, you know, a few years back. But, um, yeah, I think it's obviously, this goes without saying, it's vital that Jacob Eason secures the backup job, and the Colts have sent him a message for a reason. They feel like he should be the backup. So uh, it would not be good for his growth, obviously, if he didn't win that job. I, I guess it is a bit of a competition, but – I'd be really, really surprised if Sam Ellinger was the backup week one. Yeah, that would be very surprising because, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, I know the Colts drafted Eason in the fourth round. There were some people, Kevin, who were saying maybe fringe late first, early second round quarterback talent for Jacob Eason a few years ago. So the talent is not the question. I think you mentioned it. The lack of starting experience, lack of football experience, and just a lot of unknowns right now with Jacob Eason. So, but I think it's pretty obvious that, you know, a six round quarterback to even a fourth round quarterback, that's can be potentially significantly amount of talent there. And so I think Jacob Eason certainly has him beat there. And you're right. I mean, I think it should be Jacob Eason, no doubt. If not, you got a, you got an issue. You got a problem. You got to look elsewhere for your backup quarterback. Ideally, you don't want that to be Sam Ellinger. You want him to be more of the practice squad type of guy, like we've seen the Colts carry the last couple of years. So it's, nonetheless, it'll be an interesting battle to see. Um, I think I'm more intrigued to just see what positive steps can Jacob Eason take? Because, Kevin, we've not seen anything from Jacob Eason. No preseason last year. He's really shown you nothing beyond what they had in training camp, and we couldn't even see that last year. So very intrigued to see Jacob Eason and the progress he's made now finally getting some live bullets in preseason action, hopefully. All right, let's move on, though, and stay on the offense here. You mentioned it um, a little bit in some of your articles on your podcast um, when you were in that talking with Chris Ballard, he mentioned the wide receiver position as a potential battle that he's looking forward to. Now, we think it's pretty set with the top four. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Four guys with T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell and Zach Paschal. But beyond that, for the number five and number six, I feel like there's a couple guys who potentially could take this. And so who are some of your favorite guys here that you think have probably the leg up right now? And what do you think whoever wins it, they need to do to kind of cement themselves as number five and number six? Yeah, you know, I don't know about you, Cody, but I was a bit surprised Chris Ballard mentioned this as one of the positions he's watching. You know, I figured he'd say the D-line. I figured he'd say O-line depth. You know, Eric Fisher, that position until he gets back, maybe kicker. Uh, but for him to throw out wide out and then really kind of expand on that really stood out to me. So 
you know, to me, when I look at five, six right now, I think of the two big guys, Desmond Patman and Mike Strawn. Then I think of Michael Harris. I think of JJ Nelson, who's got a good resume, you know, even though he hasn't really done a whole lot lately in the NFL. Uh, and then obviously Ashton Doolin, but again, he's more of a special teamer. So I think it's really, really difficult for a fifth wideout to get consistent playing time. I mean, mm-hmm. there might be a few games last year where you could find, you know, Harris getting five snaps or, you know, I'm trying to think of other guys that maybe played, you know, around a handful of snaps and had a touch as a fifth wideout. But not often do you see a fifth wideout consistently get in. So when I think of number five and number six wideouts, I think more special teams. Now, maybe you do want to protect a guy like Desmond Patman was protected last year. And, you know, I think he only played like two offensive snaps in one game. So, but to me, that top four is just so set in stone. I mean, if healthy, you know, no one is touching uh, Pittman, Campbell, uh, you know, Pascal and, and, um, and Hilton, I believe is the one I haven't said, or whoever I haven't said insert there, but, you know, maybe a a red zone package for a Patman or a Strawn. I, you know, I, I don't know, but that definitely caught my eye a little bit of just like, oh, wow. You know, I didn't expect him to say that, but obviously great news for those two young guys. And, you know, when you look down the road, if you don't re-sign Hilton or if this is it for TY, Pascal's a free agent, you know, you, you could really use an emergence for somebody to join Michael Pittman, assuming Paris Campbell stays healthy. Uh, that is something that I've thought about here over the past you know 24 hours ever since he said that. Yeah, absolutely. There are some guys who definitely have shown some flashes, some definitely some guys with some talent there. Um, I mean, especially Strawn with how physically gifted this guy is. It would be awesome to see him at least make the active roster and get some playing time in training camp and get some playing time in the preseason games and stuff like that. Because the talent's not the question with some of these guys. It's just kind of with Jacob Eason, it's just a lack of experience so far. We just don't know what we have in some of these wide receivers. So it's certainly going to be a fun battle to watch. I'm really looking forward to that one as well. Um, You mentioned offensive tackle, and I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it since Eric Fisher will most likely not be your starter week one. Um, Obviously, we'll see, but it's kind of all signs are indicating that it might be a little bit later on. So the battle for the starting left tackle position is one that's going to be interesting. You brought in Sam Tevy. You brought in Julian Davenport. You have Will Holden. You drafted Will Fries. What are you looking for for this backup offensive tackle until Eric Fisher uh, does return, whenever that is? Yeah, Cody, I would say how much of an open competition is it? You know, is this something where they just say to Sam Tevy, dude, go in there, build cohesion, and you're our guy? Or do they give Will Holden a legit chance? I think Will Fries is more of an interior guy. I, but I would love to see Will Holden get some looks. Uh, Julian Davenport, I, I almost feel like we've kind of seen that in his career as a starter. Um, so to me, it kind of comes down to Tevi. I think something that might be getting a little bit you know, overlooked with Tevi, he's only played left tackle for one year in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's got tons of experience over there. It was just last year with the Chargers. I think he was a right tackle before that. So um, I guess I'm just kind of curious, you know, Cody, again, how much does Chris Strasser really, really open it up and how much do they just say, Hey, Tevi, you know, you're going to be our guy, you know, without a doubt. To me, I'd like to see a bit of a competition. But I do think by, you know, week two of the preseason, you would like to settle on a guy and let him get serious reps in week two, week three. Uh, and that's it. You know, you only play three preseason games this year. Um, assuming Fisher's going to miss a couple of games into camp because, or excuse me, into the season. Because you also have to think about, you know, what happens when Fisher gets back to practice? Mm-hmm. You know, he gets back late August. 
how much are you throwing him in right away at the starters? Do you want to ease him back at all? You know, those sorts of things I think are interesting to uh, to think about. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. I would, yeah, like I agree with you. I, I liked what I saw in Will Holden for the limited snaps we saw before he got injured. I thought he held his own pretty good in that Pittsburgh game. So would be interested to see the Colts give him a shot yeah. to compete for that spot. I definitely think he's worthy of it and he's shown that he can be solid when needed, but you're right. If you, Sam Tevy can come in and really just take it and be, you know, doesn't have to be Eric Fisher or Anthony Costanzo, but if he can be just solid and not a, a liability like the Colts had last year, I mean, that's a major win for this offensive line. Then you have a quality backup tackle then, which is something we know the last, especially last year, the Colts didn't even sniff having a back quality backup left tackle or offensive lineman, really. So that'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully Tebby can take that next step now getting a little bit more experience at left tackle, kind of settling in after one year, learning from some of those mistakes. And you you talked about something earlier, Kevin, with with Sam Tevy that I think a lot of people don't consider um, when it comes to just Sam Tevy. I don't think he's a finished product at all. I feel like he still has a lot of potential room to grow, and people just kind of think he is what he is. But I feel like he has p- potential to get even better at tackle with with more experience and as he continues to to get used to that tackle position. Yeah, and I think that's something the Colts think, um, you know, because when you game plan with Fisher versus Tevy, if Tevy's the guy you saw last year, um, that's a start. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Difference, because you have to commit an extra skill player on critical passing downs over to that side. And, and what's Carson Wentz's strength? It's extending plays. It's you know maybe you know pumping the ball a little bit more down the field. Well, inevitably, that's going to lead to some longer pockets that you need to stay you know clean and firm and things like that. So... Uh, that's where I think, you know, it, it would be you know huge where you don't have to commit, uh, you know, Hines or Taylor or Doyle or Allie Cox to constantly chip over there when you do get into those passing situations. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's flip it over to the defense, Kevin. Now we'll talk about defensive end because I think that is the biggest position battle to watch, in my opinion, out of any of these positions. I mean, there's so many guys that are gunning for these two starting spots. I mean, obviously you drafted Quiddy Pay here in the first round. We don't think obviously Dio's gonna he's not gonna be in training camp, but you got a lot of other former high round picks in Kamoko Ture and Ben Banagu in Taekwon Lewis. Then you bring back Al Kadi Muhammad, you sign Isaac Rochelle. There are a ton of guys that could potentially take this spot. Where do you stand on defensive end right now? And and kind of who do you think maybe are gonna be the guys that come and take it? Yeah, really, ever since the spring ended, I kind of thought this is a three-for-two situation. Like you said, two open starting spots. I look at it as Pay, Taekwon Lewis, and Al-Kadeen Muhammad competing for those two spots. Um, I think, you know, when you get to the passing downs, that's where Lewis can slide inside. Um, and obviously, I think, uh, ideally, you want Pay to start. You know, that's that, that you want him to grow and, you know, baptism by fire sort of thing. And I also think he can handle you know, Lewis, honestly, I think is a guy we don't talk about enough, Cody. I thought he really had a good season last year. 
And, you know, he could be headed for a second contract uh, as this is a contract year for him. Um, but then after that, you know, Banigou is competing for a roster spot. Kamoko Terry, you know, should play on third downs if healthy. But, you know, there's still questions, I think, about him. And Isaac Rochelle, you just don't 100% know what he what his fit is. I don't think he's a great, great edge guy on third down by any means. So uh, probably more of an interior guy when you get to the passing down. So it's it's just a super un, unproven group. It's the biggest question mark I had on Carson Wentz division. Uh, but, again, I kind of view the starting job as, as three for two right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then kind of looking at – there's a couple more positions that we can kind of touch on, but I'll kind of like group them all together because I feel like, you know, the the, the linebacker and the safety, you kind of know who your two guys are, but the question mark is the guys behind them, right? Obviously, you don't know who your Sam linebacker is going to be and who's going to be your primary backup to Leonard and obviously Okariki as well. Same with safety, you know, Julian Blackman, Kari Willis. But what are you looking for in both those positions as, you know, potential guys who can compete and – and who's kind of your favorites for those two? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's two positions that if they stay healthy, I mean, they could be some of the best positions on the football team. You know, when you look at what Darius Leonard and Bobby Okariki give you a linebacker, obviously the third spot, you know, they feel good internally about Zaire Franklin. Um, EJ Speed should get a great opportunity here early on until Leonard gets back. Uh, very unproven depth, though. At linebacker safety, you've got a little bit more depth. But obviously, Julie Blackman and Kari Wills are clearly one, two on, on the depth chart there. And, you know, they feel like all pro talent in Blackman. He certainly showed some of that last year. Um, and then Kari Willis, you know, is just – he's kind of old faithful, which is weird to say for a you know third-year player. But I do feel like he brings that presence to your defense. So, you know, I've put it as two of the positions of strength on this team. But I've also made it clear, like, you can't afford injuries just because uh, there is kind of a steep drop – which is different than like a running back where I feel like if Taylor went down, it wouldn't be that big of a drop, even though he is a great, great talent, obviously. So, you know, I think up the middle, you know, if you're building a baseball team, you know, what you got a linebacker, what you got those two safeties, that's a pretty good kind of foursome uh, there in the middle of your football field. Absolutely. Yeah. And sticking with the defensive backs, I mean, the number two outside corner or number three, however you want to look at it, that's kind of up in the air too. You know, they got some guys like Rocky Sin, who was your starter in spots last year, TJ Carey, who you re-signed. You got Marvell Tell, who came back after opting out last year. And then you got Isaiah Rogers, who you drafted last year that you kind of wonder, huh, do you have something in him potentially? Uh, What are your thoughts on corner? Yeah, you know, corner, um, it's TJ Carey's job right now, that third corner spot. So Rocky Seen's got to go win it. And then I'm really, really curious to see what Marvell Tell and Isaiah Rogers can do. Uh, different body types, guys that have shown flashes. Um, obviously, their careers have been, you know, certainly a bit different. But those are two guys that right now, you know, they're not getting playing time. But if they show you something and really show you something, could there be a third corner? Is that a crazy thought, you know, is is – should I just be more focused on TJ Carey and Rocky Asin fighting for that job? So, I mean, those two, they're important for this season. They could be super important down the road um, just because, again, we talk about, you know, youth a little bit in that situation earlier. Look at corner, you know, Xavier Rhodes in a contract year at his age, you know, how much longer is he going to play at that level? So um, right now, again, I think it's Carey um, who played decent football for you late in the year, but Marvell Tell and Isaiah Rogers, I think deserve a real look. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Kevin, last thing I have for you, last question I kind of have for you here. What is your biggest burning question for this camp? 
Oh man. Uh, do we have another hour? <laughs> you know, obviously Wentz is the elephant in the room. You know, we've talked a little bit about pass rush, you know, something that defensively, you know, you just need someone else to emerge alongside DeForest Buckner. I think Grover Stewart's a really good defensive tackle. Been a big part of that run defense excel lately, but you need a bona fide disruptor that's not named Buckner. I, I think that's so critical. And I guess it kind of falls into the pass rush category. But to me, that's the missing element to this defense right now. Um, I'm also curious. This is year four of the defense. Um, under Matt Eberflus, a lot of these guys have been in the system for multiple year, years as well. Um, do we see different things schematically? Do we see shadowing from a Xavier Rhodes when you look at the wideouts on this year's schedule? Um, those are kind of all curious things on my mind there. So, you know, I could probably go a, a bunch of different directions with that answer, but um, I'll go there. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin, for coming on, helping me kind of preview this matchup. Another position we didn't talk about that's going to be interesting is kicker because, you know, obviously you brought in Eddie Pinheiro as well. And, you know, it was interesting kind of listening to your thoughts on it, you know, feeling like that's potentially a position as well that a lot of people don't think is going to be much of a competition, but it ended up maybe a little bit more because Pinheiro's no joke, man. And Chris Ballard said that too. You know, it wasn't, you know, I've been mentioning it for the past couple of months, but you know, Ballard went out of his way to talk about Pinheiro the other day and his talent. So, you know, for those of us at camp, you know, as much as uh, you in the stands might want to go buy a beer or something or, or whatever, get a Gatorade at uh, when special teams come on the field, uh, you might miss a little action there when it comes to field goal competition or the place kicker competition, I should say. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin. Really appreciate your time, man. It's going to be a lot of fun this next month, really just looking and diving in at all the different position groups and some that we didn't even mention that maybe are going to be some fun battles as well. But man, enjoy training camp. It's uh, I'm sure you missed it last year a lot. So it's got to be a lot of fun being back there, man. It certainly is. Um, are you going to come down at all? I remember you were yeah. there a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, with the COVID stuff, unfortunately, I can't come down as a part of the media, but I'll actually yeah. be there on Saturday. So maybe we'll have to hook cool. up and say hello and whatnot. But definitely give me a holler, man. And uh, if anyone else is up at camp, just give me a shout from the stands and uh, I'll give you a wave and hopefully we can we can chat. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com